What is up, everybody? It's Friday. You know what that means. It's another edition of Curveballs and Share Shots. My name is Brandon Tanguma. Sitting electronically more than six feet away from me is my lovely and esteemed co-host, Dominic Hobson. Dominic, how are you doing today? Brandon, I'm doing all right, to say the least. I've been up since 6 a.m. It is now, what, 11.30? So, you know, lots of coffee, lots of energy drinks. So let's freaking do it. Dominic is rip roaring to go, but unfortunately, once again, we have to start off with a death that has happened this time in the world of pro wrestling. We have legendary promoter Jim Crocker Jr. He passed away the other day at age 76. Now, I know maybe some people who are just here for the sport maybe not doesn't even know who Jim Crocker Jr. is, but if you know a little bit about wrestling, you know about WCW, then he had a hand in that. He had the uh, North Carolina, the Mid-Atlantic promotion from about the 70s and through the 80s he's the one who sold wcw to ted turner and then that goes on to nitro and then the monday night wars and everything like that but legendary promoter we had word over the weekend that he was kind of in grave condition and then we got word i believe wednesday that he passed away and just one of the greatest promoters of all time i mean the mid-atlantic promotion still talked about to this day even though it might have been much smaller than wwf it had its cult-like following and it had you know bread greats like ricky steamboat and rick flair and the four horsemen and many others i mean terrible news he i mean i i would give it to him as a pioneer i mean building up the talent that i mean like like you said rick flair the four horsemen steamboat road warriors uh it, i mean list goes on selling it to wcw having you know just a fucking great mind for wrestling in whole. So it's a terrible day to see somebody, you know, like him have to, you know, pass on. But definitely one of the greatest promoters. Yeah, he, he was more known as a promoter than a booker. So he's not the one like Vince who kind of did everything. He didn't make the decisions for the in-ring product. But I do agree with you that he kind of led a revolution, not only against WWF, but he was – you know, not the first person, but he definitely hung his hat on great in-ring talent and, you know, telling fantastic stories outside the ring, but maybe even better stories inside the ring with Ric Flair and Steamboat and the trilogy that they had. But uh, yeah, just a a sad sad news. And if if you're not really familiar, you know, go out, watch some documentaries. There's a ton on Mid-Atlantic and, you know, maybe watch some of the great matches that they have over there. Now, let's get on into the world of sports. We have some football news to take care of. Now, last week we talked about the big news of J.J. Watt being released from the Houston Texans. We speculated on what he was going to do. Is he going to maybe ring chase? Is he going to just go after the money? And he comes out and announces himself that he has signed with the Arizona Cardinals. Now, this one's a a little, I'm not going to say peculiar, but it was an interesting decision by him. I think it's kind of somewhere in the middle because Arizona – Beginning of the season, I mean, they were just on fire. They were looking to possibly win the West, definitely make a playoffs run. But then 
second half, maybe Kyler Murray hit a wall. The defense wasn't all that great to, you know, they weren't great to begin with. They kind of fell off a cliff. Now, Dominic, what do you think J.J. Watt can do to the Cardinals? Does it elevate them? Is this more of a locker room addition than on field? Or are we going to just wait and see what he can bring to the table? I mean, I definitely say wait and see, but I, I think it's a both situation. I definitely, the defense, like you said, very lackluster. They had their moments, but not enough to, you know, uh, push them across that threshold into a winning season, but definitely also a veteran pres- uh, presence. So I think it's a good move for the for Cardinals, for JJ, though. I mean, granted, it's his decision. He, he was allowed to go wherever he wanted to go. Um, so, you know, it's a head scratcher. Like, okay, they're – I mean, I guess you could maybe say the talent's there in Arizona, but it, it's still very head-scratching. Like, you had all these other teams that are very much contenders, and you choose Arizona. So it's just weird. But, you know, you know, it, it, we'll have to wait and see. Maybe this was more maybe a personal choice. He, I mean, DeAndre Hopkins is over there. I know he was good friends when they had their times at Houston. It's Arizona. Have a you know chill time in the desert. Don't got to go up to Pittsburgh, play with your brothers where it's like cold 10 months out of the year. But I think J.J. Watt still has some left in the tank. Not saying he's going to be his prime like he was a few years back, but he still is a, an addition on the field. But I think he's worth even more in the locker room. Now they have Chandler Jones, the – Defensive line wasn't exactly the issue with Arizona. I think it was more maybe their secondary and linebacking core. So, I mean, adding J.J. Watt, I think it's, it's definitely a positive, but I, I just – it's not going to put them over the top. Now, their offense with Arizona, Cliff Kingsbury, Kyler Murray, year three, maybe they can finally click for an entire season. We've seen them have their spurts. And the NFC West is, I think, by far and away, the best division in football. I mean, I, I think – I, I do 100% agree with you. JJ will help him, not catapult him over the top. Um, I mean, you also got to – you have Hopkins. You know, he was – you know, I, I think him and Murray had to develop a relationship, and they're still working on it. Um, Arrows I, – I can definitely see Arizona maybe hitting a wild card. I don't think they'll win the West, but I think they'll, they'll hit a wild card this season. They should have made the playoffs, honestly, this season, but – they had winnable games where if they not, not, I don't know if it's exactly win and they're in, but if they won, they were in prime position to make the playoffs. And they just, they couldn't do it. They lost that Saturday game against the 49ers and that really fucked them over. And so, I mean, as I said, I think if they can put everything together for a full 16 or 17 game stretch, I don't even know how many games are playing next season, but uh, I think Arizona definitely will be a contender. And I said, Pittsburgh early on, that's where the other Watts play. Ben Roethlisberger, he has restructured his deal with the Pittsburgh Steelers. He will be back next season now. It's a little confusing, so I'm not going to try to explain all the economics of it, but he was supposed to be paid $19 million this year, but he's going to be paid $14 million this year instead. And then that also lowers the cap hit by $15 million. Don't ask me exactly how that works. I'm not going to. I'm not an economics major. I don't know what the hell that means, but he's going to be paid significantly less this season so they can add more pieces around him. Steelers were undefeated for however many weeks to start the season. And then the trap door to hell curse came in as the mailman delivers the mail. Dominic, your thoughts on Ben Roethlisberger, not only returning, but taking less money so they can add some things to that uh, team. Well, first off, I want to make it clear that, you know, significant amount of money. It's only 5 million. I mean, Shit, five million to me is a lot, but you know, 
that's coming from somebody who's broke. But to take a five million pay cut to come back to maybe you know you got some unfinished business in Pittsburgh trying to go off on a high note because that wild card game was just terrible. I mean, from the get go. I mean, I know they they did score some you know points and tried to make a comeback, but I mean it was pretty much over after that. He first. threw five hundred yards. I know, but okay, but you're you think, I know, I know, I know. You, you know what I mean, though. It's if you throw five hundred, I'm pretty sure you're. You can throw five hundred yards, but it doesn't matter when you're down three touchdowns the entire game. Exactly. So, um, so I, I think he's coming back because he wants to finish on a high note, even if that high note is, you know, going into the playoffs and maybe making it through the wild card or divisional round, or whatever you want to call a high note. But that loss probably just didn't sit well with him. And you know, you never know. Maybe this will. It's, it's only this one last season, right? It's not a multi-year kind of deal, right? I believe this is his last season. Don't, don't, don't ask me these questions, Dominic, if I don't know the well, answers right away. If it's not called curveballs and chair shots for that reason, dude, come on. Hey. Juju is also, I believe, a free agent, so he's going to be dealt some money. Maybe they can take this money that they're saving with Ben, give it to Juju. I mean... On paper, the Steelers are like a really good team. They had one of the best defenses in the league last year. But it's like Ben Roethlisberger, I think, is like the miss, like the missing piece. Like He's the reason why they're not doing as well as they should. If they had a better quarterback. Now, Ben, he's fine. He can do what he needs to do. But I think he's just so kind of broken down. He can't do what he used to do. Not saying they have a better backup with uh, Mason Rudolph or whatever the hell his name is back there. It's like... I feel as though the the Steelers are like a piece away, and the only piece is Ben Roethlisberger leaving and putting somebody else better in there. Well, didn't they sign uh, what's his name, uh, Haskins? Right? Didn't they sign him? I mean, if you think Dwayne Haskins is an upgrade over Ben Roethlisberger, then... no, no, I'm not. I'm not saying that. But I'm, I think that's what we were talking about a few weeks ago. I was I was saying something along the lines of like, you know, Ben can teach him how to be a successful quarterback. And if that is what Haskins wants to do and is able to do, then I think, you know, it's a good signing, but was no, who never knows. You never know. Haskins probably get released middle of the season. Probably Dwayne Haskins is a, a big quarterback, but he's not athletic or maybe not. I wouldn't say athletic, but he doesn't run around like a Cam Newton or Patrick Mahomes or anything like that. And Ben, he was athletic for his time. You know, he can get out and not be sacked and everything like that, but kind of his presence in the pocket, is what really he was able to do and made him so great. So maybe, as you said, maybe Ben can give him some pointers and uh, mold him, make some chicken salad out of that chicken shit that was the Dwayne Haskins experiment over there in Washington. Uh, We have a ton of kind of little news in the NFL. A lot of teams are releasing players, trying to, you know, lower the cap and everything like that with COVID and the, they don't exactly know what the cap is going to be and how much money they're going to be allowed to spend you know, some of these aging veterans who are kind of owed a significant amount of money, they're kind of letting them go. Tyrell Williams, formerly of the Las Vegas Raiders, he was released. He was injured throughout the entire year, and he lands right on his feet, and he is signed with Jared Goff and the Detroit Lions. Dominic, your thoughts on Tyrell Williams leaving Vegas and now finding a home in Detroit. Marvin Jones, Kenny Galladay, now adding another weapon to that offense. What you thinking over there with Detroit? It's pretty scary if you think about it. Um, I hate to see Williams go just because I feel like having him on that on the Raiders 
offense one more year with Carr, with Ruggs, with Waller. It's like there, there's he would have fit right in. Would have been great. Um, understandably, you know it, he you know needs to go. But going to Detroit with that team that's already starting to really look really well, adding him is freaking scary. So I wouldn't be surprised if there's big things coming out of Detroit soon. I, I agree. I think offensively they're going to pick up right where they were last year. I think they're going to definitely have a good offense. Now that defense was just got awful. And that's really, I think what they need to focus on in the draft and get some young uh, defensive players, maybe sign some people and really build up that defense. Cause I mean, I, I know Jared Goff has kind of fallen off from that Super Bowl year, but I still feel as though he is good enough to, if you put the right pieces around now, Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones, and Tyra Williams, is that a better core than what he had in LA? I mean, I think it's on par, honestly. I mean, you know, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, uh, Reynolds, and the tight ends that he had over there. Those were fantastic pieces. So I think it's kind of on par. I think it's just kind of up to Jared Goff to be better, which I know that's kind of a, a bold, a bland statement, but uh, we will have to wait and see on that. So some other news, we don't have to go too de- deep into these. We got some uh, tight ends that have been released. We have uh, Kyle Rudolph from the Vikings was released. Uh, Delaney Walker from the Tennessee Titans and Dominic's boy, Jared Cook from the New Orleans Saints. Now three veteran tight ends, not asking you to name all three of them. Where do you think they will land? But if you're a team, Kind of the tight end position can be quite volatile. You look young, but these guys are are out there. Maybe get a little bit of a discount. What do you think, Dominic? Shit, I don't know. The only, the only one I can really think of would be, I mean, who really needs a tight end that's contending? I don't think really any real contender really needs a good tight end, but I'm going with Vikings release Rudolph. Would 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 they go to a cook? You think? I mean, would would you take? Would you get rid of a uh, tight end like that to bring in another tight end the same? If you if you make me pick between the three, I would definitely say Cook is the best option. But yeah. they have, I believe, Irv Smith is his name over there, young tight end. He did good. You don't. You're not going to want to replace you know Rudolph with another veteran tight end. But I will say Cook. I think is the best one. Now. Maybe you can see Jackson. Jacksonville has a shit ton of money, and they'll, I think they're going to be a, a spender in the offseason, and I could see them adding at least one. I think Jacksonville will sign at least one of these tight ends. I think either Rudolph or Cook. Delaney Walker, I believe he sat out for the, uh, for the season, so we don't exactly know where he is at, but I think if Cook can land with Jacksonville, Trevor Lawrence, maybe they add some, some pieces. Not saying they're going to win and make a playoff run, but – I think we're going to see a lot of free agents possibly targeting Jacksonville just for the money. Well, the other thing too, is like the one thing I do remember about Jared cook is, you know, he had a great couple seasons with the Raiders and when he went to the saints, he kind of, I mean, when he was able to make the play, it was a great play, big numbers, whatever. But last season, I mean, he didn't really do, he had like a game or two where he really went off, but everything else, he was kind of just subpar. So, I don't know. I, I, you never know. Maybe they all have three retired. Never know. You never know. We have veteran uh, wide receiver Golden Tate. He was released from the Giants. I think similar to Tyrell Williams, I think Williams is better than Tate at this moment. But 
if you can get them for a few million, sign them and just work them out in, at, a, at camp and see what you can get them. Golden take going to the Raiders. Calling it. All right, Dominic's calling it. Uh, we have Kyle Van Noy, I believe linebacker from the Dolphins. He was supposed to be released, but then now it's come out that possibly the Dolphins are looking to trade for him. Uh, I think defense definitely is a point of emphasis for some teams and you want to look and I think he's one of the better players out there especially ones that are getting released now draft day is coming up don't know how long they can hold on to him before they have to pay him or whatever all the economics are on that front but uh, a good piece and possibly we'll talk about him later getting dealt somewhere way, way too much released. money being being thrown around this podcast because I shit I don't know triggered a little bit because I'm like oh you know too much economics. Too much. I'm like, I fucking have no clue. But you were with you were the TA for Mr. Beal, Mr. Economics. I mean, or was that just like the history class part of it? It was just the history class part. I was the sophomore's, you know, teacher's assistant. You know, I ran that class when he was out for like that week because his, you know, mom, dad, I, I was out, ran that piece class. Sure. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, then finally, uh, news came out today that Alex Smith is being released from the Washington football team. Obviously, comeback player of the year. Name the award after him, damn it. He came back. He had a he had a pretty good season. I mean, led the Washington, led Washington to the playoffs. Unfortunately, couldn't play in the playoff game. I'm blanking on the uh the quarterback's name from Old Dominion, who just balled out in the playoffs. But uh, maybe that's the guy that they're gonna have next season. Do you see Alex Smith retiring? Do you see him possibly trying to make a a comeback somewhere else is he just like a veteran backup and he can i mean that's what he was supposed to be he was just supposed to be a backup for Dwayne haskins and then Dwayne haskins did Dwayne haskins things but do you think we can see smith sign somewhere mainly for a backup role i definitely see that happening i mean part of part of me wants to figure wants to know if washington releasing him was a you know was it a money move was it a we're going to go a different way was it mutual because my thing is you have this guy who basically got you to the playoffs fucking came back from that horrific injury and you release him. Like, so I wonder if it was a mutual thing or if it was just like, Hey, we, you know, just couldn't work out something, but I, I think he'll be a backup. I don't, I don't see him retiring just yet since he had such a great season last year, last, last year. Alex Smith going back to the 49ers. Make it happen. I, I would laugh. I don't, I mean, I don't, I don't think he's going to want to do that. I don't exactly remember what the uh, relationship when he got dealt after the Colin Kaepernick situation, but that, that'd be fun. Alex Smith to Jacksonville, everybody on this list going to Jacksonville, according to me, then we got uh, really no baseball news to, to really talk of. There's only one move or I guess one signing Jackie Bradley jr. Veteran outfielder famously with the Boston Red Sox. He has signed with the Milwaukee Brewers. Decent signing, you know, fourth veteran outfielder. I think Milwaukee, that entire central, I think, is up for grabs. Cardinals, I would believe, are the favorites. Cubs, they're just, I don't know what they're doing. But the Brewers, the Cardinals, and, uh, oh, my God, I feel like there's another team in there. You know, Mr. X, you know, maybe the Reds, they can they can do something. Never know. But uh, your thoughts on, on Jackie Bradley signing with the, the Brewers? Uh, you pretty much touched it all. I mean, it's a veteran presence. I mean, he was he was good in Boston, but I mean, I don't really see where you would squeeze him in. I mean, who would you 
playing? Who would you sub him for? I mean, Christian Illich was absolute dog shit last year. Bench him, put Jackie Bradley out there. But Yelich, you know, I think being that it's going to be a new season, new year, last year was crazy. I give Yelich the start and see how he does. Okay. He's on a, but he's on a short leash though, right? I would, I would give him like a, a medium leash. Okay. All right. Uh, then let's get on to the NBA. We got some more breaking news. Blake Griffin has been bought out of his contract with the Detroit Pistons. We head into the second half of the NBA season. Now, Dominic, uh, where do you th- see Blake Griffin landing? Do you, I mean, at this point of his career, I mean, he just got bought out. So he's getting, he has money. Do you think you're, if you're a contender, do you go after him and try to be that last piece to really put him over the top? I can't remember if people were, I don't know, clamoring for him to be with the Warriors, but the Warriors, maybe in, in search of a big man, they're in the playoff hunt. Some other teams, what, what, you, what you looking at here with Blake Griffin, Dominic? I don't really think, I mean, I'm, I'm, you bring up the Warriors and I'm thinking about it and I don't know who would you rather want. Would you rather have Griffin over Looney or Looney's been, you know, he's a little bit taller Griffin, I, I really don't know with the Warriors since you bring them up, but everything else, I mean, who's contending? I mean, the Suns are looking great just with themselves. Nets are Nets, Lakers are Lakers. You know, I mean, you think he would go back to the Clippers or you think he it, that, that bridge is definitely burned? I don't know if I'd say it's burned, but I think the ship has sailed if we're going to continue with the cliches. But let's just run down the first half standings of the NBA. And if anybody really stands out to you, Dominic, you think Blake Griffin should sign with, then we'll go over that. Now let's start off in the East. Now just a reminder, I believe the 7, 8, 9, and 10 teams go to a little playoff play-in tournament. So we're going to talk about the top 10 teams in each conference. So we got first off the Sixers. At number one, holding a half-game lead over the Brooklyn Nets, and then the Milwaukee Bucks back two games. So those are the top three teams. The Nets, I mean, James Harden just absolutely balling out right now with the Nets. Those are the three top contenders, the three top favorites we really thought going into the season. What do you think they stand at right now? And the Nets kind of clicking offensively, defensively, they're kind of dog shit as we expected. Do you think that can translate into the playoffs, though? I think for playoffs, defense is huge, but offense in the playoffs, I think it needs to be better than the defense. So I think if the Nets continue what they're doing, Harden keeps going off. You know, KD can be, you know, ice cold in clutch moments. You know, Irving can be clutch. So, and they have those other players that are just kind of, you know, sneaky good. So Nets, probably by far my favorite. Then we get to like the middle part, and this is where it all kind of gets congested. We have the Celtics, who they, you know they're doing pretty well. The New York Knicks, they are nineteen and eighteen. I mean, celebrate New York! You got two playoff teams, and the Knicks are actually doing something. Dominic, who would have thought? I mean, the Knicks have been decent. I mean, yeah, past what four, five seasons have been shit, but they they've been decent. I think. I would say they're decent. They're the five seed. Then we get your reigning defending Eastern Conference champion, Miami Heat, sitting at exactly 518 and 18. Uh, LaMelo and the Charlotte Hornets, they're in the mix. They're below 500, but they're the seven seed. Dominic, LaMelo, balling the Charlotte Hornets. I mean, I don't think they're going to make any, they're not going to make a run, but your thoughts on LaMelo and what he's been doing over there? 
you know, surprisingly, he's been very good. Uh, definitely, my opinion, the best ball brother. Uh, Which was kind of the uh, the idea going into even when Lonzo was drafted, that Lamella was kind of the one. Yeah, but, I mean, I, I still think Alonzo has definitely talent, but he – I think it all got fucked up in L.A. I think playing the way he played and the stigma behind him and everything really screwed him over. But with that being said, LaMelo – I don't call him Melo, call him LaMelo. Fuck that guy. Um, but, no, I what he's doing with Charlotte is great. Uh, great team. Think that went against the Warriors is a little bullshit, but you know that's being that's not a hero there. Be, being a little salty, then we get to the eight seed Toronto Raptors. Uh, it is kind of congested down at the bottom. I mean, everyone's kind of separated by a few games: the Raptors, the Bulls, the Pacers, the Hawks, Wizards. They're all just they're all kind of there. I mean, it's the bottom of the East. We know there's going to be some shitty teams that make it in there. Uh, nothing really to uh, talk about over there. Then over to the West, the best, the Utah Jazz are the number one team. In the league, 27 and nine, they hold a two and a half game lead over the Phoenix Suns. So the Jazz and the Suns, the two top teams in the West, Dominic. I mean, I know people were hyped up on the Suns. CP3 comes there. I wasn't exactly sold on him, knowing how he would mesh with Devin Booker, but I got to eat some crow. It's definitely working over there. You know, I never would expect it in, you know, with LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Steph Curry, Damian Lillard, all these, all these, all star caliber. I mean, like, you know, well, most of them have won titles, but one hasn't. But all these big names on these teams, and yet the Jazz and the Suns are one and two. Like, never would have thunk it. I mean, the Jazz are, are the COVID team. They're the one that started all this. Would it only be apropos that they, like, win a championship the next year? I mean, right? Out of the, no, out of the no, two, no. which one, which team do you think is more legit to make it at least to the Western Finals? I'm going to go with the Suns. I feel like they're a little more sneaky dangerous. And I'm going to go with the Jazz, put some respect on their name. Uh, three and four, we have the two LA teams separated by half a game, the Lakers and the Clippers. I mean, we all know they're going to be there probably at the end. Nothing really to uh, talk about there. But now once we get to like the second half of the West, that's really where it gets really congested and they're all decent teams at or above 500. You got the Trailblazers, the Nuggets, the Spurs, and the Mavericks holding the five through eight seed. The Warriors on the outside looking in. And the Memphis Grizzlies holding that quote unquote 10 seed with uh, nine games or I guess, I mean, nine games back. But realistically, they're only like three games back of like being the sixth seed. And those are really the 10 teams that are there. I mean, if Pelicans can make a move, maybe the Thunder or the Kings. But uh, those are kind of the 10 teams. Dominic, obviously, we're probably going to focus more on the Warriors outside looking in. But right now, they would technically be in the playoffs. What are you looking at? They had sort of an easy schedule these last few weeks. They couldn't exactly take full advantage of it. They fell uh, victim to Dame time in their last game. What do you look? What do you think of the Warriors as it stands right now after the first half? Hopefully, well, the first half, I think there's a few games that, like, you know, like you said, they could have won, should have won, but they didn't. Um, that Charlotte missed up with Draymond getting tech. I mean, people have talked about it. He needs to be smarter. Hold his, you know, he held himself accountable for that loss. Great. Um, you know, losing to the Trailblazers. I mean, that's just how they win their games is a miracle. Um, going forward, I think after this 
all-star break, which isn't really a break for, I think it's just for Curry. I think everybody else is off. Um, they need to be smart. They need to be healthy. They need to ball out. I, it's possible. It is very possible, but I mean, they just gotta, they, they gotta make their shots. They gotta be smart on defense. It's, it's very doable for the Warriors. Do I see them going far? No, but they're definitely playoff bound. Beginning of the season, Wiggins was doing well. Ubre wasn't doing so hot. Now the rules have kind of flipped where Ubre is doing well. Wiggins isn't doing so good. Wiseman on a minutes restriction. We've seen him kind of climb up steadily. Dominic, I know you watch more basketball than I do. What what have you seen of Wiseman? You know, number two overall pick, possibly could have been number one, hyped up, kind of on minutes restrictions, kind of a really an up and down season for him. I think he's freaking phenomenal. Um he, ha- he he's really developing his outside shot. I mean, he's a presence inside. He can dunk. It, he truly is the new age big man where you can hit a you can hit a jump shot from you know 10 feet out. You know, I, I he's he's developed his game really well. Having Draymond kind of give him some pointers on defense and you know, you know, you have one of the best shooters in the world in the game. Steph Curry, you know, help him with his shot. So it's definitely, I think he's a perfect fit. Now I would say he just needs to kind of develop a little bit more his, because his shot can be real good or it can be real cold. So I think he just needs to develop that shot, find his spot. You know, I'm pretty sure he'll, he'll stay for a long time. And that'll do it for the sports segment. Now it's going on to the fan mail portion of the podcast, otherwise known as. Bump, bump. Head, you should have gave us a, a headphone user warning with a high pitch. You hit it. Yes. Out here sound like Whitney. <laughs> R.I.P. Anyways. <clears throat> says hi there. So hello. Howdy. No, no and friends this week, unfortunately. But oh, I know. I, I, think I, wonder... you, I think you scared off our anonymous email or question questionnaire after you just berated them last week. I must have, you know. Anyways, so I don't know how familiar you are with this, but while Hunter Green brought the heat with his fastest pitch at 103, he didn't exactly impress and was pulled in the first inning. Should the Reds fans be worried that he won't live up to the hype? Brandon, this is totally up your alley because I don't know who the hell Hunter Green is. Well, I typed in Hunter Green on the Google machine. Okay, wait, wait, wait. It's spelled G-R-E-N-E. Okay, good, because I just spelt it like the color. And all I did was just get a bunch of green. <laughs> Beautiful color. Right. I mean, if you want a, a Figs Women's Hunter Green Scrubs, $38 on Figs. I mean, looks like a hell of a look. I mean, shout out to all the essential workers out there. Not greens, green with an E. Uh, Hunter okay. Green tops out at 103 at his Red Spring debut. I mean, this is what we're seeing with the new age pitcher. You, you come in, you just blow just straight gas and Usually you come in, you throw in like high 80s because you're kind of warming your, your arm up. And, but then now you're coming and throwing 103. New role is Chapman for you, boy? I mean, maybe. It, it, it all, I mean, very similar to a role is Chapman. It all just comes down to accuracy. You can blow Ched at 103, but <laughs> if you're throwing in the other batter's box, two out of the three pitches, it doesn't mean anything. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I never really thought about that. I mean, well, I think any picture, picture, any pitcher 
needs to be accurate. If you're throwing 80 or 800, you need to be accurate. So, I and mean, play, and players say all the time, I mean, it could be really fast, but for the most part, any batter can like time a fastball. You, yeah. That's why you get three chances. You, you see the one blow by you, then you kind of get your rhythm. And I'm not, I'm not saying 103 is easy by any means, but if you kind of just rely on your straight heater, trying to just throw it down the middle, you're going to get rocked at least half the time, I would say. Is that what they used to say in Little League was like, if they're, you know, just stick your bat out, you'll hit it, you know, something like that. That's what they told players like you. Oh, that, was, that, that was too easy. That was just that fucking hurts. Easy. That fucking hurts. Going, oh, here we go. We got pitching ninja. You know, I mean, he kind of painted that thing a little low and away, but I mean, 101, 102, 103. Whew, that boy gonna be a problem. Anyways, let's continue on. Um, <laughs> was I that bad of a player? <laughs> I wouldn't know. I, I mean, were we even teammates ever? I don't think so. I don't think so. Played against you. Probably struck you a couple times. No, I got a nasty curve. You know, no big deal. Um, got that Barry Zito curve. On the A's, not the Giants. Thank you. Appreciate that. Okay. Uh, fuck. Here we go. God damn it. Can. Oh, is it a UFC question? <laughs> I, <laughs> I got this. I got this. I got this. I got this. Israel Adesanya. Can. Oh, there we go. I knew it. Beca- I, I, look, I, I can sense what words or what names you're going to struggle with. Can Adesanya become the champ champ tomorrow at UFC 252 or 259? Sorry. There is a significant chance that Adesanya could win the title. I believe he is going to be fighting up. Is it? Is, he doesn't have the title on, or the uh, isn't he fighting at two hundred five, I believe. But uh, yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But with the UFC kind of maybe going a little too much with the double champs, but Adesanya, one of the I believe he's on the cover of UFC four with uh, Masvidal. He's one of those guys that UFC really wants to get going and make like a star out of. If it was wrestling, he would be booked to win. He would try to be the next. Conor McGregor, not saying he can be, I mean, not saying he will be, but I think he could be if like booked in the exact proper scenario and everything like that. But uh, I've been not slipping on my UFC, but I haven't kind of delved into kind of the, you know, the tape. I haven't watched the tape yet, but I definitely want to watch this show. I mean, three title fights, four championships, not four championships, but I mean, four champions. Yeah. Because they're both champions, and then Amanda Nunes doing her thing, and then we got the little little bantamweight boys doing their thing. So uh, tomorrow's gonna be a lot of fun for UFC. Should watch it. Probably won't because my friend will let me come over and have fun with him. Anyways, don't really have a problem with New Japan combining the Intercontinental and Heavyweight titles into the new World Title. IC title has become. Is was becoming as big, if not bigger, than the world heavyweight title, much like the WWF in the 90s. So to me, this move makes sense. Now, the never open weight title can become the secondary title if should have been. In hindsight, they could have gotten rid of the never title and kept the IC belt. How do you feel about this? I, I always say it. Less titles, the better. I'm happy that they're getting away with a title. Now you got the king of pro wrestling moniker trophy whatever the hell that thing is which i'm not even going to acknowledge but i agree i mean having the ic title and the world title merge i know maybe some people might be a little hot about it because it's i I think it like technically starts like a new history so 
like those IC and the world title histories like end. So then it starts like a new one. But, you know, you can still acknowledge history. You can respect it. It's not going away. It's going to still be there. It's going to be in the record books. Un- unless you uh, are Chris Benoit. <clears throat> yes. But the Never Open White title has definitely gotten a lot more uh, prestige added to it because the double champ has been there for over a year now. And for the most part, it's only been, you know, one title. They've only been defending in one match and blah, 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 blah. So I do agree. I ha- I'm happy with the unification of it. Now the Never Open Weight title can step in to be that pseudo icy title. And I'm, I'm all for it. Okay. And Brandon, you asked this question last week, apparently. So I, I, I already forgot. As, as soon as the microphone stops, as soon as I hit stop recording, I just forget it. everything I said. Well, Brandon, you asked about independent promotions in the Cincinnati area. Oh, shit. Mr. X, tell me all the Cincinnati indie promotions I got to watch. The two biggest in the area are the NWF, Northern Wrestling Federation, where the Wildcat, Chris Harris, who had his biggest run as part of America's Most Wanted with James Stord, and Chad, too bad. The Aldra, a.k.a. Carl Anderson, got their start. The other is now defunct HWA, Heartland Wrestling Association, which was a developmental promotion for WCW in the late 90s and WWE in the 2000s, and is where also where John Moxley got his start. It's also where Dave and Jake Christ had one of the best ladder matches ever seen back in when I think it was 20, 2017. God, going on to read Dominic shit. So there you go. Just one more time. Could you read back the uh, names of promotions once again? It was Northern Wrestling Federation. And Heartland Wrestling Association. So NWF and HWA. Correct, sir. There we go. The more you know. That's always kind of cool, you know, seeing and watching the indies and then watching your boys grow up and make it big time. Like, like, you know, watching Jungle Boy, seeing Shotzi make it. That's not always fun. Sorry, Dominic. Anyways. (laughs) Maybe. Anyways, last but not least. It's a question I asked yesterday. Who do you think is the Hall of Fame worthy signing that Paul White, right? What's his name? White. I think I erroneously in the description put an R in there, but there's no R. It's White. Who's AKA Big Show bringing into AEW, Brandon? Well, I guess we can just get into it right now with that. So, yeah, he said a Hall of Fame caliber. He didn't specifically say Hall of Famer. I don't know exactly what that means, but. Uh, Shout out Mr. X right now. He just replied to our story with a little hand clap emoji. I don't know what that what that was. Well, let's see. What is that? What did he clap uh, back? Uh, like, no, he he was uh, doing a clap for the uh, first ever black female referee in NFL will be uh, taking place next year. It is my God, Maya Maya Chaka Maya M A I A C H A K A A A. Go to our story on Instagram. Curveballs and CS. See it there. Anyways, uh, what are we talking about? The the Hall of Fame caliber person. So he didn't say Hall of Fame. He said Hall of Fame caliber. So that means they're technically not in the, I would assume, WWE Hall of Fame. I think there's a lot of different things you can think of. Dominic, where are you going with this? Because I, I think when you have the announcement, people are just going to go to the tippy, tippy top. And then I think they're just going to get disappointed. Well, I think everybody goes CM Punk just because you know he's done StarCast he's 
you know, not do anything with WWE anymore. So he wasn't on I, the Royal Rumble Fox show. I mean, I'm just saying. So there's always that, everyone back except for him. I definitely don't think it's him. I think as, as much as I want Punk in WWE, I don't think he'll come back to wrestling unless it is everything's up to him. Now you can bring him on as a commentator. I mean, no, nobody's no, he didn't state that is an in ring competitor. So, you know, it, it could be anything or anyone it could be, you know, Renee Young. Um, it could be, you know, it could be a female, maybe. What's her name? Uh, what's her real name? I know, I know everybody's Selena Vega, but it's Tr- Trinity Trinidad or Thea, Thea Trinidad. Yeah, maybe it's her. Um, you know, but one thing that I want to point out, Brandon, Big Show is notorious for being face heel, face heel, face heel. What if the Hall of Fame worthy is Paul White? And it's just a big swerve, and it's him going, ha, I'm here. You're welcome. Just saying. I think that would put some heat on the promotion for all the wrong reasons. I I, uh, I think if it's not CM Punk, which I do think it is, that is the number one person. That is the one who will make the most impact, and he will draw fans and blah, 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 blah. If it's not him, Brock Lesnar. I mean, you can bring in Brock Lesnar. He's a bigger name than CM Punk. But I don't think he's going to mean more maybe long-term because he can have the one-offs. He can have big matches. But for what CM Punk means, I think, to the wrestling fans and everything, it's going to be a bigger deal. And then there's that next level down with the Christians and Kurt Angles and Mark Henry's, which I think if they're those, maybe it would be a disappointment or a letdown. And also, I don't think I, we said it with the big show. I don't want like so many ex-WW people coming into AEW and kind of being like TNA back in the day now if it's going to be that level like a kurt angle christian i would say make it a woman have it be a woman come in because i think with the women's division the way it is if you're able to bring in gail kim lita trish stratus you know uh any one of those types i think that means more than if you bring in a christian well i mean if they're gonna bring christian and that's just terrible i mean there's so many other people that I would, I mean, not that Christian's terrible, but with, with all the issues, the concussions and everything, it's like how much use you're going to get out of them. So that's why I hope it's not Christian, but I do 100% wholeheartedly agree with you. It should be a female. I mean, it's hall of fame worthy. So I got a feeling this person isn't in the hall of fame. So it shouldn't, it's probably not Lita. It's probably not Trish. Could be Yell Kim, but I think she's retired. So I, you know, if it's punk, great. Believe it when I see it. Taking your line. Believe it when I see it. But I think it's going to be uh, Thea Trinidad. Okay. So Dominic has, uh, I've already, Selena Vega. I was going to, I almost forgot what her WWE name was, but uh, Ricochet did tweet something that he said, like, thank y'all for the love or something like that. Not saying he's going to be the guy, but maybe, you know, Ricochet kind of out there alistair black i mean maybe alistair black maybe it's uh zelina vega is the quote-unquote surprise but then we also have a surprise that's supposed to happen in the ladder match alistair black man i know they haven't like officially announced his release which is kind so of how, so I know I'm, how I'm, I'm, I'm very much jumping to conclusions but i'm fantasy booking here i'm trying to have some fun i mean i would love to see Aler- alistair black because i don't really think as much as he does fit so many 
you know, he checks the boxes and so many things in the WWE. It's Vince who doesn't see the championship in, uh, you know, presence in his future. So I would love to see him go to AEW. He can have phenomenal matches. I wholeheartedly agree with you, Dominic. Is that it for Mr. X's questions? That is it for Mr. X's questions. So if you want to be like Mr. X, curveball, NCS. What, what, what was that? At gmail.com. Okay, okay, got it. And uh, we can also slide into the DMs, Curveballs, and CS on the Twitter and the Instagram. Also on the YouTube and the Facebook, just simply type in Curveballs and CS. We have a link tree in the description. You can click on all those and it'll take you to them. Now, let's get into the world of pro. Exactly. The, the not studio audience, the mascot's excited because Bobby Lashley is the new WWE champion they had a storyline sprinkled throughout the show that lashley and miz are gonna have a match at the top of the first hour or the second hour then he ran away he had stomach cramps blah 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 so they teased three different matches but in the end lashley got his hands on the miz taps him out with the hurt lock and lashley is your new wwe champion this is what i wanted them to do just get it off the miz put it on lashley no nonsense i know it took a while to get there but he is the champion what does this mean for Drew? Drew beat Sheamus on Raw. Does that clear him up to face Lashley at WrestleMania? A lot of people want Lashley and uh, Brock. Lashley, I mean, it was a heel-heel match, but Lashley wasn't exactly a heel in this situation. It was definitely the Miz being a, a chicken shit. Dominic, where do you think they go from here now that they have officially given it to Lashley? I, I got this weird feeling that it's going to be some stupid, it's going to be like, Lashley an MVP or something because just because they're going to try to be like, oh, you know, MVP is going to say, I got you that title. Now give me the title. It's I, I just got this weird feeling to be something stupid like that. Um, I hope not. I really hope they do go to possibly Brock do a drew. Um, I don't really want to see Braun and Bobby just because I think it's that to me, that's not really WrestleMania worthy, but we haven't exactly you know. talked about it, but it's looking more and more likely it's going to be Braun versus Shane McMahon. Which I don't like that either. I I mean, to me, it's just like, it's cliche. You always have to have a Shane match. Now that Taker retired, you always have to have a Shane match now, which is fucking stupid. But, Shane is the best in the world. I know, which is sad too. Um, actually, for some odd reason, I thought, so you know how they had a tag match like last week too? It was like Braun and... What's his name? Adam Kearse, right? Scrap Daddy. How come I had this weird feeling that he was going to be like, oh, I can't, there's only one tag team partner I can win with, and they're going to bring that Nicholas kid out. Nicholas returns to WrestleMania, biggest pop, on par with the Hardys coming back. I don't care if there's only 30,000 people in there. Roof will blow off that roofless place if Nicholas comes back. I would. That's what I was thinking. Have him come back, you know, have him just win the titles and then drop it the next day. Shane, yeah, take, like Shane takes the big bump up the stage for Nicholas. Nicholas pushes Shane off the stage. Nicholas heel turn. That would be fucking legit. He just fucking just like kicks him in the nuts and pushes him. There you go. Book in the damn territory. Uh, then moving on over to SmackDown. We thought this was going to happen, but both Royal Rumble winners picked the SmackDown champion, Bianca Belair, officially chooses Sasha Banks for the SmackDown women's title. Seemingly, hopefully, 
It's 101. We have uh, Reggie uh, on the outskirts, kind of simping for Sasha Banks. No Carmella to be seen, which kind of worries me that maybe she's going to make an appearance and make this triple threat, but I don't think they should. You know, historic, you know, two black women, quote unquote, made an eventing a WrestleMania. Now, Dominic, do you think they go all out and have this actually be the last match on the show? I would assume Edge and Roman will main event one night. Do you have both SmackDown matches main event both nights? Do you have it be in the middle, but they still call it a main event because that's what WWE does? I see. It's definitely hard because you have such a monumental moment with Sasha and Bianca. So I honestly wholeheartedly think you need to make that the main event of one night. Now, but you know, Vince, both his main titles, Roman, Bobby, needs to be there. So who would you downgrade, so to speak? You know what I mean? So if if they don't put Bianca and and, uh, Sasha – as the legitimate main event of one of those nights, I think you'll have a big issue on your hand. How, if everything is kind of looking the way I think it will with Roman winning and then uh, Bianca winning, I would say maybe you have Roman and Edge main event night one, have the heel go over, you know, people, we don't know what the reaction will be to Roman, which I think it will be very interesting to see. But then you have the babyface champion win night two, not only first black rest, uh women's WrestleMania main event first I you know black main event in WrestleMania history which hopefully they don't pander and you know go too hard down that route but I I would I just the way that I know the the storyline and the way Sasha has been portrayed so far hasn't exactly been the best we will have to wait and see what they do with the WWE title and that is technically the main title Vince probably has a soft spot for it but I mean just you could go the Seth Rollins route just have it be the I don't know if you want to have it the opening match, but have it earlier on in the show so you can have the crowd be a little hotter. You you can give Drew, if that's the way they're going, that in front of a crowd title win reaction when they're not as does, But does it mean as much as him winning it, you know, second, third match in front of people versus, you know, winning it main event? I mean, we've seen it. They we'll set off fireworks and we'll have like big explosions, even though if it's not technically the main event, I think Seth, I mean, I, I kind of go back to Seth at uh, the New York WrestleMania a few years ago. I think he won it like in the first match and he won and they lit off fireworks and it was this big ordeal, but it wasn't technically the main event. You know, Seth wins in the beginning, Becky wins at the end. Happy family. I don't know. I, th- I, I think guess, I guess it works. I'm not saying like, you know, having both SmackDown championships be the right one, but if I'm going to put a odds on it, I would say the men's match, honestly, has a higher chance of being a main event. Okay. Well, I mean, it's kind of been, it's a proven track record too. So, you know, we'll just continue. Continue on to some NXT news. Apparently the Wednesday night wars are over, Dominic. Rumors are speculating. We haven't had an official announcement from WWE, but NXT apparently will be moving to, uh, Tuesdays starting the week after WrestleMania. Vince has uh, talked about back in the Monday Night War era, he wasn't afraid to blink. Not, I'm not saying that's on par with this, but NXT moving to Tuesdays. I think now if they do do that, both shows will be over a million plus because you're not splitting the difference. 
your thoughts on this uh, this news of NXT Tuesday night NXT? Well, it's definitely good and bad. It's good because NXT will maybe hopefully get the recognition it deserves, but it's also bad because the chances of you know, I mean, it's a fun. I mean, I didn't. I don't really look at ratings. I don't really go like, oh, well, you know, they had you know six thousand more people. Oh my god, you know. But I mean, it's the fun little competition within the competition. You know, who put the better show on, but who got more ratings? You know, it's kind of, you know, it's that little that little fire that was still there. Um, you know, I, I hopefully everything works out. Hopefully, wrestling gets back to normal. Business is booming, and we can, you know, see some stuff go on. I'm pretty sure you can count on one hand the amount of weeks NXT actually won. I think they won maybe at the end of the year. I know they definitely won when Keith Lee won the title. But for the most part, AEW has consistently been beating them in the ratings. Uh, NXT, you know, they, they have kind of floundered a little bit, both in the ratings and I think on screen as well. We're going to talk about the show. And I didn't think the show was all that good compared to AEW, which I thought was one of the better shows that they've done, especially being a go-home show. But personally, I'm excited just so I don't have to kind of go back and forth. And sometimes NXT takes a little bit of a backseat to where I watch it like the Friday before I do the show. So now having its own day. Yes, I know Impact is on Tuesday, but let's be honest, I don't watch Impact even though maybe I should. But hopefully NXT can uh, gain some traction and get over a million plus. Not saying they're going to you know, be booked correctly because they do feel they're hit some speed bumps, but that also I feel as though that's because of the talent that they have and they've kind of you know, run, run dry, but I think they uh kind of repeating some things now. Let's get on to NXT proper. They start off with Danny Burch and Oni Lorgan taking on Tommaso Ciampa and Timothy Thatcher. This was supposed to be a tag title match with MSK, but because of the attack last week and also, do you know, I forget, I, I forget their names, Dominic. One of them has a legitimate broken hand, so he could not wrestle. Uh, but Lorch and Burke and the tag champions win after Imperium just stand on the ring or on the stage and distract Timothy Thatcher. So we get starting the show off hot with a distraction finish. Love to see it. It's because they want Thatcher to join Imperium. Like, come on. It's a fucking given. Once again, in the moment, all the distraction finishes make sense and you understand what they're doing. But when you do them like two, three times a week, every single week, I don't give a shit. You must really hate wrestling now. Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm one of those wrestling fans. I, I don't like anything. I mean, once we get to AEW, I'm just going to shut everything. Maybe I I'm know just... I will. Oh, okay. Okay. Save those spicy hot takes for later, Dominic. Uh, so, uh, we get Roderick Strong calling out Adam Cole. Adam Cole does not show up, but instead Finn Balor does. And he says, you know, fuck you. Why are you calling him out? Because I'm going to call out Adam Cole. We will have an NXT title match next week. They're really... Uh, I don't even know what I'm trying to say here. They're really hammering home. Next week is going to be a big show. Both main singles titles will be on the line. Balor and Cole next week, and also Tony and Io next week as well, trying to make a little ratings pull, especially with AEW's Revolution, their week after show. That should be a a fun little battle. Dominic, your thoughts on, I mean, the promo itself, it was really nothing, but Cole and Balor going on next week, do you see them changing Changing the titles here? 
hell the takeover no. on the horizon, no. I guess. Hell no, hell no, hell no, bro. You're really going to change titles when it seems like the feud they're going to be going with is going to be Rowdy, Rowdy, Strongy. That's it? You're just going to say his name? <laughs> no, I, I, I was waiting for you to show me because I, because I totally just fucking... Yeah, whatever. No, I think they're going to go with Finn and Strong and going to go O'Reilly and Cole and take over probably. Uh, sprinkled throughout the show, we had The Way going through therapy. Johnny Gargano getting into a fight with an old lady. He gets kicked out, then he's texting Candice. Indy is just out there just in love with Dexter Loomis. Austin Theory have a having a complete mental breakdown. This was not good. I did not like it. I don't know what we were supposed to think. It was, I mean, like, it was kind of entertaining. Like, I, I kind of got what they were doing, but their heels were not supposed to, like, laugh at, we're not supposed to, like, kind of laugh with them, which is definitely what the vibe they're going for, is they're going for comedy. We're not laughing at them. So, I just thought this fell flat. And it was kind of too much. You know, over the years, we've seen a lot of therapy or, you know, counseling sessions. My opinion's only been one or two that have been successful. And I agree. This very, very, this fell very flat. Not, I funny. mean, what is the other one besides Team Hell No? That's the only one that comes to mind. I know they did the thing with Sasha and uh, Bailey, but that just fell flat as well. And it was almost kind of pandering, like, oh, you, are, well, it, you guys are women who can't get along. Well, it depends on what you consider like a huge segment like that. I don't, I, probably, yeah, you're right. Just Team Hell No. But there was the one with Dean where, you know, you know, he kept saying like the Friday or whatever his little when they thought he was not fit mentally. And they had to do the little like picture therapy where it was like, you know, you see the first thing in your head and it was like irritable bell syndrome when he saw Triple H and, you know, saw Stephanie and was like, oh, you know. No. Apparently that segment made an impression on you, Dominic, because I have no idea what you're talking about. Well, no. Well, whatever. Look. Go go it, back to the tape. Go on the, YouTube. It was the irritable bowel syndrome. You connected with that, didn't you? Fuck you. Ember Moon with Shotzi defeated Aaliyah with Robert Stone. It was a match. Nobody could hurt. That's all we can ask for. Yeah, sure. Dominic got to see Shotzi, so it's always a win in his book. Then we have the women's tag title match. Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax defeating and retaining their titles against Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez. Uh, Shayna Baszler and Dakota Kai doing a lot of the work. Hot tag to Gonzalez. We get a ref bump, and then we get, they specifically pointed out that this was a quote-unquote WWE official, not a NXT official, which I don't even know why he's in the back to begin with. This isn't like a pay-per-view where everybody's there. I don't understand that, but bad booking. Yeah. Uh, Dakota Kai gets choked out, even though she wasn't the legal competitor. It was supposed to be Raquel Gonzalez. So a shitty finish. Does this build to WrestleMania? Because I mean, it was a weird finish because they haven't really done the WWE versus NXT shtick before. So they go to it. They're protecting Kai and Gonzalez. What's the end game here? Well, I mean, at, at least it's a new type of uh, way that they should be finished you saying that, well, that's not really an NXT official. So, I mean, what happens? The ne- so then if it was an NXT official and then let's say they won, could Nia Jackson and Shayna Baszler be like, oh, that wasn't a WWE official? It's not, can't, doesn't count. 
Not only, I mean, but Dakota Kai wasn't the legal competitor. She wasn't the legal person. And also, why is there a WWE referee there when it's NXT and he's like in full getup? That makes absolutely no sense unless there's like a fix. The fix? Why is there a fix? I, it's on I NXT. It's not on SmackDown. Uh, I don't know. Too confusing. Too confusing. Makes no makes no goddamn sense. But do you, do you think we're going to see this rematch at WrestleMania? They have a I know back backs. Jax and Baszler are defending their titles against Sasha and Bianca again, I think at Fastlane in a couple weeks. Would assume maybe that's where we get like an official breakup or some dissension between Sasha and Bianca, but uh, yeah, not not exactly uh, too thrilled with what they're doing. With I, I, really, I really do not want to see Sasha and Bianca hold the tag titles going into WrestleMania. So I would assume you might... I mean, if they're smart, you'd have you'd have Nia and Shayna retain maybe clean, and that or you know not clean for them, but you know maybe it's because Sasha screws over Bianca or vice versa, whatever. But um, or what they do to piss everyone off is have Dakota and Raquel just run in and beat the crap out of them, and then you know challenge them. Never know. Yeah, never know. We get La Knight with. Kind of his debut promo in the ring for NXT. He goes over and just kind of talks about how he's like the Tom Brady. He wasn't the first overall pick, but yet he's scratch and clawed, and now he's the best. His inflection and like his delivery was fantastic. I mean, LA Knight's a fantastic talker, but just the substance and what he was actually talking about, he just stood there and talked for five minutes about absolutely nothing. Well, I mean, when are we going to see him wrestle is my thing. I know his wrestling, he's more known for his promos and whatnot, but when are we actually going to see him wrestle? I don't want him to be just a, you know, promo guy. He needs to do more than that. Now, talking about nothing doesn't interest me. So bring some heat, bring something to the table, please, and start kicking some ass. Jeez, is that too much to ask for? It is. He just kind of he finishes a promo and then just awkwardly Bronson Reed's music just starts playing. He makes his way to the ring for his scheduled match against Cameron Grimes. LA Knight kind of gives him the side eye, and we go into the match between Grimes and Reed. They have a you know decent little match for like five minutes, but then LA Knight uh, takes Cameron Grimes' hat that fell on the ground, throws it back in the ring, distracted finish. Grimes gets the win. I mean, Grimes. I was a little scared they're gonna make Grimes lose here but they have built up Reed a little bit, which it's almost kind of like, I feel like Reed is like always in these matches to where he gets put in a match with someone who's getting built up a little bit for like a week or two. And then they have a match and then one lose one wins and one loses and one just kind of loses all their momentum. But LA Knight and Cameron Grimes, I don't know if that's an official pairing, but the tag team scene is a little lackluster. You need some heels. I think Grimes, I mean, I love Grimes. I think he can be a fantastic singles guy, but the way he's been booked before his millionaire persona, LA Knight kind of hide him behind the much better Cameron Grimes wrestling. Do you think that could be a fun little tag team pairing? I think so. I mean, like you said, Knight, maybe not the best worker, but Graham, Grimes is very good. And, you know, they're both former TNA guys. So, I mean, automatically, I think they're pairing up right there. But, you know, when, when MSK finally gets cleared, they are going to win the tag team titles. It would be good to have them kind of go against whatever however you think they'll get a funny name like la grimes or something like that 
I, I don't know. I, please, God, don't do that. Anyways, uh, so we have an, we were supposed to have a tag team match between Everrise and uh, Fandango and Tyler Breeze, whatever the hell the name is. I forget, I, I forget what the hell the name is. But Aren't they Breezango? Breezango. There we go, Dominic. That's why you keep you around for times like this. Uh, Legato del Fantasma makes a run in, beats up Breezango. And uh, Santos Escobar cuts like a promo and kind of similar to LA Knight is he kind of talked about nothing, but at least this time he only talked for like 45 seconds. Well, and you know, I'm pretty sure, you know, we would, we know what happens next. Well, after this, we get the main event between Finn Balor and Roderick strong. Balor gets the win as he should. And I mean, pretty not everything on the show was uh, kind of bad, but I think there's a nice palate cleanser, a good solid main event wrestling match between Balor and Strong. You know what you're going to get? Balor gets the win. Cole uh, comes out on the ring, on the uh, stage. They have a little stare down. They do their poses. Fade to black builds up next week. They didn't do anything for the women's match that I can recall. I know they did something last week, but I kind of kind of weird that they only built up the men's match and not exactly the women's match when those are the two big main event matches for next week. But Cole and Balor, we've already kind of talked about it. I would expect Balor to win unless you just want to get the title off and put it on Cole. And that's how you build O'Reilly and Cole for the title, a takeover. That seems a little too quick though. So I can see them go either way, but I'm leaning a little more towards Balor with Cole getting fucked over, which I don't know how that makes him a heel, but. But I, I but I already alluded to that. I already, you already know Balor is going to win. And I got a feeling it's going to be O'Reilly causing him to lose. And it's going to be the baby face getting his revenge. And, you know, you it's been know, a while since we've seen uh, Bobby Fish. Just saying. Bobby Fish comes out and turns on O'Reilly. I mean, Kyle O'Reilly and Kayfabe is going to be out for like six weeks. So he's going to be going for a little while. And you got to stand up for his boy. And then turns on him. I possibly. I mean, you have Cole kind of go through Roddy, goes through Bobby, and then Kyle is kind of the final boss. So we can have that big blow off at, I would say a takeover, but like that's a month away. I feel like a match like that, you want to build it a little bit more, especially with Kyle being written off for such a long time. But maybe, maybe we get like some sort of match with the lesser bosses before we get Cole and O'Reilly. Now, Let's get into AEW Dynamite. They kick it off with a bang. We had Jade and Shaq take on Cody and Red Velvet. They got a, a pretty decent viewership. They had like over 950,000 people. Uh, so the Shaq, I think, definitely did bring some people in. And ja- Sh- Jack, Shad, RIP, RIP, Shad Gaspar, Shaq and Jade, there we go, defeat Cody Rhodes and Red Velvet. And. I thought this was, I had very low expectations going into it. They definitely cleared them. It was a lot of fun. Shaq didn't overextend his welcome. Cody kind of running around, creating on the movement. I thought this was really good. I thought it was a lot of fun. So the two questions I got to ask. One, do you think the finish would have been the same with Brandy? And two, if all those years ago, Big Show actually did compete in WWE, I think they were trying to do a Big Show Shaq thing at WrestleMania. Do you think it would have been, I mean, you know, different circumstances, you know, different people, but do you think it would have been, you think Shaq would have been as good? Shaq didn't do exactly all that much, 
but it was just Cody. It was almost like Rick Rude in Ultimate Warrior. You know, Cody runs around, creating on the movement. Shaq just kind of stays there, not trying to do too much. He did the power bomb, a little ode to Brody Lee, which was fun. And going to Big Show, if it was Big Show and Shaq, if Shaq was in the exact same peak physical condition that he was, he was, however, you know, five, six years, seven years younger than what he is right now. So kind of early 40s. Big Show, a little, little younger. But I, I think hiding him in a tag match with Cody, a much more athletic wrestler than the Big Show, I, I think this was probably best case scenario. And I, I'm, I'd be a little scared that it would just be too big dude just kind of lumbering around doing some chops and maybe like leading to one slam. Yeah, I'd be fine with that. You know, two big giants. But, you know, what do I know? Nothing, apparently. You know so much, Dominic. I lean on you for the basketball talk. That's your time to shine. Okay. There you go. See, building you up. Uh, Jade pins Red Velvet. I think that is the correct finish. You asked if Brandy was in there, if it would be the same thing. I would assume so. Jade, first match in, she was, I mean, she was green. She maybe could cut back on the posing a little bit. I know she's a heel, but, you know, lay it off, lay, lay off the posing and meandering for a little bit. But uh, Shaq goes through a table. He's dead. I know you guys have seen the memes. He gets loaded into a stre- uh, loaded onto a stretcher, into an ambulance, and, you know, very serious Shaq. I mean, I, I loved how Shaq played it. He was very serious, very similar to uh, Pat McAfee. But then Tony Schiavone goes back to the ambulance later on in the show, and Shaq is gone. What does that mean? I don't know. Shaq the Undertaker? What's going on here? Uh, I, I didn't know you are asking me a question. Um, eh, I, I think it's just, you know running away i don't know i I mean maybe cody is getting a little vengeful and maybe he took the stretcher and you're you know there's gonna be a little video of him like pushing him down the stairwell or something i don't know okay zach Ryder action then we get pack and ray phoenix with just a very quick decisive win over some jobbers a little interesting to put this match right after the shack match maybe trying to retain some more viewers but a little bit of a palate cleanser after the slower match with shack bringing in pocket Phoenix to create a lot of movement and just, you know, fly all over the place for like two minutes and get the win and like kind of define them as a tag team. Cause they're in the, the battle Royal. Uh, okay. You're not going to cut me off this time. Asshole. I really enjoyed this. Dominic, what do you think of this match? Okay. I'm done talking to you. I'm gonna, put it, I'm gonna put it on mute right now. I'm gonna put it right, no, 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 right no, now. No, 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 no. You're supposed to hold the silence. Make it awkward for the listeners. Give me. We're holding on by a thread as it is. We can't just have 30 seconds of silence. They're just gonna leave us. Yeah, I really like the match. No, I thought the match was good. Um, you know, the only, the only issue I did have with it is the fact that. They were hot going off of the Shaq match and then going to that. You know, yeah, you had your flippy doos and everything like that. But I mean, I wish it could have been maybe a little more well put together. But that's just me grasping the straws here. Then we get the inner circle press conference. We have some of the Barstool guys. We have Conrad Thompson, which did pop for the turkey tits line, I will admit. And then we get Eric Bischoff. He asks a question, and uh, this all leads to the Young Bucks coming out. 
And I thought the Young Bucks did a phenomenal job. I think this was maybe one of, if not the best promo that they've cut thus far in AEW. I mean, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was good, uh, passionate from Matt in particular. And then we get a double table spot on the outside. A little bit of a comeuppance for the heels. Does that mean they're going to win on Revolution? I don't know. Stay tuned to find out, Dominic. So if I have to stay tuned to find out, do I get my prediction? Yes. I think so. I, 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 well, no, I take that back. I think to have MJF and Jericho win to me wouldn't be bad, but I think you need the Young Bucks to win this match um, just because it, it's for the titles, right? That's what a tag title match is. Oh, I didn't know that. See, see, AW is so different than WWE. But just saying, I think you need the Young Bucks to retain because there's such, there, there's, to me, legitimate tag teams in AEW that deserve the titles over MGF Kuzjeko. I'll admit, I was kind of ignoring you when you asked me that question when I said yes, but uh, I wanted you to actually talk about the, the press conference, Dominic. You know, I was ignoring you when you were talking about the press conference, so I thought you wanted me to go over the match. So, this is awkward. Yeah. FTR defeats the Jurassic Express. Tully Blanchard wrestled on national television for the first time in 30 plus years, and he didn't kill himself. He didn't have a heart attack. That is a positive. We get uh, Sean Spears on the outside, all masked up and all looking all devious. He, uh, he, whatever, you know, distraction interference finish, and FTR stand tall to get the win. And we uh, get, get like the, Four Horsemen, five, six point whatever iteration we're on at this point. But uh, Sean Spears is back, and he's officially aligned with both Tully and FTR. You're gonna have to explain to me off the air why the fuck Arn Anderson came out to be to salute his heel adversary. Just saying. I I do understand why. I mean. It was the four horsemen. You have JJ Dillon there. You had Tully Blanchard. You know, three of the four, or three of the five, because he's JJ was the manager. But I mean, I do agree with you. Like, why is the baby face, like the top baby face, Cody, his manager, coming out to saluting his his? I mean, it's his brothers. You can always say, you know, they they might do some things, but I still got to respect them. And it was kind of a cool moment, but I agree with you. Maybe wasn't the time and place, especially after like that, what they just did in the match. Yeah, and that and that was my thing. I when I saw that, I was just like, I mean, I guess it. Yeah, four horsemen. Okay, I understand. But it to me, it goes like a foreshadowing of. Does that mean Arn's gonna steer away from Cody? Is he gonna be going to FTR? It's like it, it just gets me thinking. A wise man once said, "Never trust Arn Anderson." I don't trust him. Yeah, you shouldn't. Never trust Arn Anderson. Uh, when we get the uh, Paul White promo, we've already kind of speculated who we think that Hall of Fame level talent is, but the promo itself, I mean, it was okay. It was very just repeat repeating what Tony said in the intro, and I didn't think it was great. It wasn't like you know turn the channel bad, but it was there. Did he botch it? He botched it. Was he said evolution, not revolution, right? Which means it's Batista confirmed. Or just spitballing, maybe it's uh, Becky Lynch, Mark, Mark Jindrak. Okay, 
maybe you know because he, he he was the original evolution member over Randy, so or batista sorry batista we get the finals of the aw women's eliminator tournament rio mizunami defeats nilo rose so she will face akaru shida for the title at revolution on sunday thought it was a good match uh, i was a little scared they would go with nyla because it was a little too repetitive nyla and Shida we've seen it so many times but no they go with the japanese wrestler rio not riho rio and she gets a win over nyla she also had a uh, win over aja kong so uh building her up i think you have nyla with some credibility to give to uh mizunami and i'm excited for the match i thought it was a, a good match but uh yeah what do you, what do you so have? anything else here no, the only thing I want to know is who who gets the win at Revolution then, because well, you're gonna to have to stay tuned to find out. Okay, all right. We have uh, a Sting promo gets interrupted by Ricky Starks. We get another brawl, and the baby faces stand tall. Bars. Well, I mean, Sting's tall. Darby Allen ain't that tall, so I, mean, I don't know how they stand tall. It's stand short. Uh, Max Caster defeats. The Dark Orders tend to be in the TNT ladder match. Kind of an odd choice to have both of these men, but especially Caster because he's pretty solidly a tag team wrestler. Dominic, what do you think they're looking at here, putting him in there in the singles match when I would think he would be a... Do you think they're looking at him to possibly be a singles guy? I would say he is maybe the the one out of the two, but a little, little odd, I would say. Because I think you could fill some other, you know, put Joe Janela or somebody else in there. I mean, let's face it. I mean, would you rather have Joey Janela or who? I mean, you just said he is the one out of the two, but would you rather have Joey over him? I don't know. I would. I mean, oh, I mean, I, I don't see him winning by any means, but I just felt thought it was kind of an odd choice to have both these. You know, a, a mid-card tag team and then a low-card singles guy to be involved in this match for the qualifying match. And you know what's going to happen? They're going to do it again next week. Watch. They're going to have a qualifying match for Revolution? Well, I mean, not that, but they're going to come back to it. Watch. Watch. I will watch. Then in the main event, we had a Hangman, Adam Page, and John Silver take on Matt Hardy and Mark Quinn and the baby faces get the win. They stand tall. I think, uh, you know, silver and hangman have some good chemistry here. I think silver definitely is clicking right now uh, in the ring and with the audience. It was a fun match, you know, long tag team match and the sh- not long, but you no know, decent tag match in the show. Matt Hardy, very underrated. As underrated as Sony Deville. Yes. Okay. Okay. No new stuff from the uh, World Championship match. We had, you know, kind of a recap, and we got a Onita on talking about the death match. I thought that was a fun little cameo. What, what do you think? Do you think that was the right idea? I know they had the countdown show right after that, so maybe they were expecting some people to watch that. But I think, you know, you peaked with Moxley last week. I think that's good to kind of end end his story there. But would you have liked to see? Omega do something. I know we haven't been really high on what he's been doing recently, but would you like to have seen them do a little bit more with their main event match? I mean, I wouldn't necessarily a little bit more. I would have loved them both to be in squash, uh, squash match, squanch, 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 squash, Walking slosh, 
<laughs> I would have loved to see them both in Squatch. God. Oh my God. Squatch? What the Squatch, man? The secret conch. Is that what it is from SpongeBob? Yeah, conch, yeah. The conch. I would love to see them both in Squatch matches. Just to, you know, kind of, you can have Moxley go crazy and just, you but, know. I mean, but that's what they did last week with Moxley. Why don't you just do it with Kenny and then Kenny can do this. I mean, just do what they did with Moxley last week with Kenny. I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't have been fine with that. Boom. Now let's get into our official AEW Revolution predictions. We have the Casino Tag Team Royale match. Winners will be the number one contenders or receive a tag title shot for the tag team titles. Now there's, you know, a shit ton of people in this match. Pretty much all the different tag teams on the roster. Dominic, who are you looking at to win? This is kind of their way to elevate or, you know, give a title chance to someone who's not the number one contender. Like FT, like FTR, I think has been number one contender forever. Yeah, they haven't got a title match in a couple of months. I don't know, man. I feel like no matter who I pick, it's going to be the wrong answer. Um, God, who do you? I don't know. <laughs> well, on the other podcast, I did just go out on a limb and picked Bear Country. I know we've seen them a few times on Dynamite. That. <laughs> They're getting a a lot of a lot of time on dark. We did have Pac and Phoenix get the spotlight win this week, so maybe kind of planting to see that they're a tag team for you know the foreseeable future, or maybe some short term stuff. And Pac and Phoenix taking on the Young Bucks on a dynamite match. I mean, please and thank you. Or would it be Santana and Ortiz? They just did that match a couple weeks ago. I know yeah. you're maybe thinking inner circle versus inner circle, but I don't think they want to do that. Okay, fine, fine. Uh, we get Miro and Kip Sabian taking on Orange Cassidy and Chuck Taylor. We had a kind of sit-down interview with Miro and Kip. Miro was serious, which always positive. Do you think uh, – what do you think they're going with here? Do you think the babyface is just kind of get another one up on the heels? Or do you – I think it's either Miro wins – or Kip loses, which one is going to happen? It's going to be Miro wins because I feel like they need to really establish Miro. So Miro wins. I got to agree with you. I'm going to go with Miro as well. Just kind of beats up on make a beat orange casting, put so much heat on him for doing that. Uh, then we get the big money match. Adam page takes on Matt Hardy. Loser has to forego their 2021 first quarter earnings. I know maybe you want to do some fun things with Matt Hardy, but just give it to Paige. I'm not saying he's clicking like he was at the end of 2019, but I think he's back on the right track. Give him a win here and put him on that track to be the next AEW champion. See, I'm going to go opposite. I think I'm going to go with Matt winning, and it's going to be some heelish way, you know, t- grabbing the tights, distractions, something like that. And it's going to be, you know, it's going to be the lowest, even the lowest, lower than the lowest he's been in. And the, uh, oh my God, what are they, what are they called? What's, what's Brody Lee's faction? What was it called? Uh, Brandon, please. The Dark Order. Dark Order. And it's going to be the Dark Order who come and help Hangman Page. And then that's where they're going to build him back up. I mean, I can, I can see where you're going with it, but I feel as though it's, They've done that a little too much with the dark. I mean, kind of the dark order stuff, but more like the elite stuff. So 
I, I would say maybe don't have sad cowboy and let's have kick-ass cowboy more often than not. Then we get the, uh, I don't know what you call it, the street fight between Brian Cage, Ricky Starks, taking on Darby Allen and Sting. I think they've done a, a fantastic job building this up. Uh, protecting Sting in the meanwhile, what are you expecting out of this match? Is it pre-taped? Is it going to be in the ring? And who do you think wins? It's going to be a pre-tape that ends with being live in the ring, and it's going to be Sting and Darby. I don't think you let Sting lose first match. I so. So you think it's going to be kind of similar to the Matt Hardy, Sammy Guevara things, even though that was live, but kind of you know start in the back but end in the ring. Si, si, senor. Okay, and I uh, who did you go with winning the match? Sting and Darby. And I will agree with you. I know Team Taz has been losing so much, but. Give the win to Darby and Sting. You got this ladder match with whoever's winning will face Darby for the TNT title. Give him the win. Have a have a fun moment. I know we have a lot of baby faces win, but maybe that's because we have a heel winning in the main event. Speaking of that ladder match, the winner will receive a TNT title shot. The official participants, six of them, are Cody Rhodes, Scorpio Sky, Pentagon, Lance Archer, Max Caster, and someone to be announced. Dominic, who would you think that will be? Will it be a return or a debut? I hope it's a debut, and I really hope it's not Ethan Page. I really RVD. hope it's not. I would like to see RVD. I think that would be cool. But I really hope it's not. Well, I can't be RVD. He's doing the, the isn't he doing a WWE uh, like documentary or something like that? No, I don't mean that. That don't mean nothing. I did see sure. something that he's like doing some like tour dates, but he actually I think is in Florida for that date or that time frame this weekend. Oh, what? I know. But, but I'm gonna go with Pentagon just because. It'll be a good kind of comparison with Darby and Dang it, Dominic. I, I mean, I'm on record on the other podcast. I did say Penta is going to win mainly because I agree with you. I want to see a Pentagon versus Darby Allen match. I would love to see those two guys wrestle and see what they can make out of that. So I'm going to go with that mainly just because I want to be selfish and see a good match, but I could also see Lance Archer getting a win as well. Then I got a uh, so never mind, Dominic. Uh, we get a uh, the women's title match Rio Mizunami taking on Hikaru Shida. Uh, this is kind of the downside of this eliminator tournament, it led all the way up to revolution, especially with Mizunami, who's not on AEW television. We have really no you know connection to her and no storyline reason to root for one side or the other. So I just put it on Shida or not put it on Sheeta, keep Sheeta the champion, have her win. Should be a, a you know stellar match if given the time and everything works out properly. And I, I'm kind of waiting for them to do more at the women's division. I know we kind of talk about this all the time, and I don't think you want to put the title on another Japanese wrestler who isn't going to be talking all that much. You had that with Rio, now you had it with Sheeta. If you're going to have it on another Japanese woman, just keep on Sheeta and go wherever you're going to go, whether that's Thunder Rosa or Britt Baker or gail kim if she comes out wasn't there another japanese wrestler wasn't there like this huge japanese star that was like set to be champion and then she got hurt right or am i thinking of something else are you thinking of like chris statlander oh i know statlander's still out but i thought there was like i thought there was like some match and like some japanese star just like totally got fucked up or something like that and they're like okay yeah she's out or something but uh nevertheless i agree with you just because like you said why are you gonna put on somebody else that 
know, isn't going to be on AEW and all that. So I agree. Then in the main event, or no, I mean, before that, we have the Young Bucks taking on Chris Jericho and MJF for the AEW tag titles. We've already kind of talked about it. I think we both have the Young Bucks winning. Should be a, uh, a fun matchup. How fun? We shall see. Right? It should be fun, entertaining, a um, little bit of everything. Sad, happy, mad, joy, loneliness, everything. Then in the main event, as I was trying to say, we have the AEW World Champion, Kenny Omega, taking on John Moxley. I'm a little scared for what they are going to do, but it should be a spectacle nonetheless. Brandon, who are you going with? I am going to go with Kenny Omega. I said it. I'm a little scared what they're going to be doing. We also talked about last week possibly building to a six-man with him and the Good Brothers against the Young Bucks and somebody else. Keep it on Kenny. Moxley, they're probably going to do some, some crazy shit, which I'm a little scared of, but it should be a lot of fun. Moxley has a baby on the way. He can you know, die and go on paternity leave. Okay, let's not go as far as killing him off, but I do agree. Keep it on Kenny. Send Moxley off with a bang. Let him go be with his newborn when it's born and Renee and be all happy and joyful. And then when he comes back, he beats the living shit out of Kenny Omega. I mean, he could, but then how would he go from here? An exploding barbed wire death match? A good old-fashioned arm wrestling match. I don't know. I really don't know. And on that note, that will do it for us for today. Thank you all for tuning in. Hope you all have a good, solid weekend. Got two big pay-per-views in the world of sports and in wrestling. Got UFC on Saturday, AEW Revolution on Sunday. That is the reason why Revolution is on Sunday, because they don't want to go head-to-head with the UFC. Smart move. Smart move. Dominic, do you think... We're going to see more of AEW on Sunday, or do you think this is kind of a one-off because of the scheduling? I think it's going to be a one-off unless they hit it off big and they start competing with WWE on Sundays. That's, that, that's, that's my thing. WWE has continuously done the Sundays thing. That's always been their big thing. I think it was also because of boxing was always on Saturday, so they wanted to have their own night. But I like the Saturdays more. It's more refreshing. You know, you don't got to worry about work the next day and blah, blah, blah. You know, go hard on Saturday, recover on Sunday. You know what I'm saying? Bruh. Exactly. Thank y'all very much. As we said, if you want to send in a question or interact with us, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, Curveballs and CS. Send in the email, Curveball and CS, no S on that one at gmail.com. One last time, let's see if anybody sent in anything on the Instagram. No, it's okay. We're not, we're not sad. We're just disappointed. But oh, anyways. hang on. Let's, let's let's check the Twitter. Maybe uh, maybe we got a DM or something. You know? Are we still on Let's Facebook, Dominic? Because that's a little thing. Because I don't go on Facebook, so I would. I mean, we are, but I don't fucking do shit on it anymore. You know, because I'm trash. So, you know, when we check the email, maybe get a last minute email. You never know. Oh, nope, nothing. Dang. So for the mascot and the studio audience who has not been with us for past. Long time. How's Sudi audience doing? Want to give an update to all, all of her loyal fans out there? She good. She, she good. good. She good. She good. Okay. Okay. She good. That's nice. That's nice. Uh, all right. So until next time, 
That's Dominic, and I'm Brandon, and this is Curveballs and Chair Shots. Goodbye, good night, uh, McGangbang. Bang. <laughs>